This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm your host, Ian Krull. Three games in, and Everton's season has already turned into an emotional roller coaster. Five points from three games represents a solid start, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Today's guests are basically here to let rip. <laughs> I can feel a fume in the room already. My first two, I just couldn't keep them away. Sat, sat opposite me is Tom Clark. Hello, Tom. Hey, buddy. And sat next to me on my left is Mark Crotty. Hello, Mark. Right. Um, my third and final guest is the Echo's live blog maestro and blonde bombshell. He's also a top blue. Sam Carroll. Hello, Sam. I'm very impressed with your script there, Ian. Nice one. Anyone listening can just see that Ian's just reading this off a laptop, <laughs> so it's not actually not actually that good. <laughs> Who's looking after the uh, the Everton Live blog at the moment? Have you have you drafted anyone? No, in? it's just on fire. Wow. I've just I've smashed the computer so no one else can. Well, there you go. You know, there you go. Um, right, we've got a lot to get through today. All right. Um, so we'll try and get through it as quickly as possible. A few things on the agenda, Sam. We'll start with you because uh, first first appearance on the show. You've pestered me all week to try and come on. Best looking goes first, Ian. Um, what you say. The Richarlison sending off. What are we saying? We were talking about it earlier, and I think uh, Adam Adam points out, didn't he? That I think some fans have been going for the rather controversial. If you're going to get sent off, make sure it's worth it. <laughs> Shout. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of them, isn't it? It, it? it could go either way, kind of thing. They both put their head in, and, and the way obviously Smith reacted. Uh, was always gonna get Richarlison sent off, but I just I just think it's one of those things, isn't it? He's he's a young lad. He was on Twitter last night and apologised for, it and you know again it was annoying to have to play the whole second half with only ten men after we'd done it on the opening day of the season. But in the long run, you know I'd rather it happen at the start of the season and for Richarlison to have learned that lesson now that you know. It almost looked like he was expecting Smith to put his head in a little bit as well, didn't he? He's obviously said something to him, hasn't he? And he's reacted. Yeah, and uh, and obviously it, did, it didn't work out that way. But, you know, it, it just can't become a habit. And the, on, the only worry I've got is obviously how well he started the season at Watford and, and petered off. Let's just hope that, you know, his momentum isn't isn't stifled. He's going to come back for a big game at the Emirates, a, a place where we've never, ever won. And we'll we'll definitely need him and our whole team fired on all cylinders when he's, when he's back. Tom? Lee Prober thought it was a red card, did you? Um, he obviously goes them into it, so I thought, like, if you put your head in there, you, you run the risk of getting sent off automatically, like, but I think it's a shame because I think opposition teams are going to look for that this season because he's obviously a bit of an emotional player who plays with his ass on the sleeve, so I think it's going to be one of them where they look to go with him all season and see if they can get a reaction out of him, which is a shame for a young player with so much talent, but I think, yeah, um, if you put your head in like that, you run the risk of being sent off, so yeah, it's red card for me. Mark, surely it's a, a case of don't put your head in, don't put your head down. You don't get sent off because you don't have to give the referee a decision to make. Not these referees, yeah. Oh, you're sneezing, you're getting sent off now, aren't you? I don't know where to start with this one. I've been like up and down about it. Uh, the the incident itself is is just it's it's a petty incident. They've put their heads in, they're like shoving each other's heads. Richardson flicks a little bit more. Um, I still don't understand the rule that that says that that's a red card for me. When you look at the rule of violent conduct, it says to show violence or, or or excessive force and endangering an opponent. Now, if he's endangered him, then let's just stop watching football because uh, it's 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 not for me. That I, I, 
an incident that's going to harm a player. And when you compare them to other incidents that I've seen in the three weeks of the Premier League that go unpunished, that have nearly finished players' seasons, it's just pathetic. And again, it's open to each referee. Each referee might have seen that difference. Each 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 referee in every other instance, yeah, and and it just goes back to the same thing again: the inconsistency of everything, and 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 it just drives me crazy at the moment. Richarlison, yeah, it's petty, but th- does does the punishment of a three and a half game ban for that fit the crime? Uh, not at all for me. For me, a, a sensible referee goes over and says, "Look, pair of you, pack it in, no more of that. Get on with the game." That they just can't wait to get the red cards out. Mm. Um, I'm a little bit upset with the Blues as well, sort of. Uh, can't wait to have a dig at him and saying, oh, you stupid idiot. Yeah, he was petty and he shouldn't have got involved, but if that was a Man United player or Liverpool player and all that, they'd all be an absolute uproar now why one of their players have been sent off. And I think we need to get that little bit of a nasty streak as a club and as a fan base with us as well to say, why, why is our player just being sent off for that? I'm not having it. Whereas we go, stupid day, shouldn't have done that. I need to take your punishment, son, that sort of thing. And that sort of drives you mad as well. I, I still look at that and, and don't think that, that the punishment will fit the crime for this. You won't see Premier League football now until the 23rd of September for that. Do you know what I mean? So it might be a controversial view, but that's just the way I see it. It might be a bit old school, but um, for me, it's just it's just not a red card again, same as Jack Elkers. Did the Bournemouth players play. contribute to him getting sent off but with the reaction? But he didn't go down here. He hasn't come and pour him a blood. He's, he's, he's just gone, yeah, did you see that? Do you know what I mean? And, and the ref fell for it. It's like, if we're going to send off players for that, again, there's just going to be so many red cards every game. But um, He's just fell into it a little bit, but I just don't think that punishment fits the crime for what he's done. If he's leant back and gone like that as a headbutt, um, and other viewers, obviously, sorry, the listeners can't see what I'm doing, but... There's a, if there's a gap between the foreheads and he's lent in and nutters them, then yeah, fair enough. But they've just sort of pushed each other like little school kids, haven't they? Just like, that's what I'm saying. Just give them a little slap on the wrist. Say, stop, stop doing what you're doing. Stop with the nonsense. Um, this is your final warning. But it's not just straight red. Get off. You, and it's like. So, so you're saying it is a red card, but the punishment shouldn't be three games? No, I'm saying they should have both. Potentially both should have got a yellow card. Stop with the nonsense. If you do that again, I'll be sending you off. Have a, have a chat with them. Hmm. He hasn't hurt him. He hasn't endangered them. It's not violent. Do you know what I mean? So, as I say, we won't see him now for a month because of that. So, there's just something not right for me. It doesn't sit right with me. And um, I'll defend that all day. When you see Zidane on Matarazzi, proper headbutt, that's violent conduct. Shoving your head like a little 12 year old boy. Ferguson. Ferguson on Jock McStay. Well, that that's, that's a, that's a, that's a good headbutt, that's that's a good, <laughs> good old fashioned headbutt. Well, they're yeah. headbutts, aren't they? They're violent conduct, and you hold your hands up and say, You can't do that. But shoving your head on like, like two little kids. Not for me. I might be in the minority with that. You, you both said there, Tom and Sam, that you, you did think it was a red card, Marks. Obviously, thinking it's not. Are we, are we going to come to sort of compromise here? What, what, are, what are we saying? I, don't, I, th- I think, as Mark said, it's just totally into. You can see anyone watching it can see why, can't they? Like, it would be he's gave the ref the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to send them off. So it's one of them that obviously is Nevertonian and, and, and whatnot that I don't think it, he should have been. I, I didn't want him to be sent off, but you can't give any referee that kind of opportunity because you know they're protecting themselves as well they see the head go forward and you know they don't want to be made fools out of on match of the day and in the media later on you know for not sending someone off who's who's headbutted someone so you know it's just it's one of those things isn't it it's it's happened and it it, could have went either way and unfortunately now Everton you know as you said are the ones who, who miss out now because we've got to go you know maybe fortunately it's it's Rotherham who hopefully we'll have the, the, the players to replace 
them anyway and and we'll beat but you know no no one uh, Premier League football now until the middle of September which you know with, with a couple of more important games coming up is, is, is disappointing to lose them for So what did you make of the reaction of Adam Smith because obviously he knows what he's doing Richardson has been naive he's reacted to something that he's, he's obviously said and then Adam Smith's kind of looked away and like touched his head like he's, he's bleeding like he's kind of it's a bit laughable really isn't it he's, yeah. he's obviously you know he's entitled to do it but he's, he's got him he's got him sent off yeah he's obviously tried to do it and he's obviously uh, tried to get a reaction out of him in the first place even before he ran away try, trying to tell the referee but uh, yeah I think it's a bit stupid like I was made up to see him get a, sent off himself in the second half but uh, now I think I'd love to see whether the referee was actually looking at the incident or whether he'd done it on the basis of mm-hmm. Adam Smith running over going he just had a butt of me so like I didn't get a chance to see the referee's position there, but it was frustrating. Like, but it's one of them where he's, he's he's got him into it and he's done it. He's fell for his trap, really. So there was a couple of incidents, Mark, that obviously Everton fans aren't happy with. There was a, an incident where Coleman was fouled early on. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I, I thought it was a foul, but I don't think it was in the box, so it wasn't a penalty. I just I did think it was a free kick. And then there's one where Tosin was fouled in the box. Mm-hmm. It, again, referees and linesmen. Uh, on the pitch missing those incidents that are going against us costing us points we're just not getting another bit of green at all I am saying that the two away games so far is like deja vu it's it's the, the two send-ons off were even in the same minute do you know what I mean it's just we've just been um, we've done we've been done with the two red cards them two decisions um, that I thought whether it was or in, uh, outside or inside the box and comes a clear foul wasn't it? and it was a late one as well could have hurt him hmm. Not, not even a foul, not a yellow card. Not, no one talks about it. But so someone, yeah, he's, he's. He, I think the Bournemouth player stumbles a bit, but took him down with him, sort of thing. So again, it's a pen. Nothing. As soon as Baines does that, he, the, the ref can't wait to give it. I feel like repeat myself after the Wolves game, but it's uh, it just seems to be going against us, and that's just driving me mad. Um, I don't know what it is at the moment yet, but the, I mean, even the the, the uh, after the Jagiel red cards, the, they've stole ten yards and scored the free kick from it. Just everything seems to be going against us at the moment, and and yet we're still unbeaten. So we'll take a positive from that. So, yeah. And if things do even themselves out over over the season, then we we'll do some uh, we we'll do some decisions soon, aren't we? So um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on, but it just it's it's just not falling for us at all with these referees at the moment. Sam, the Obviously, decisions that are going against us at the moment, whether they're right or wrong, it, like it's people's opinion. Um, can we use the uh, red card against Bournemouth as an excuse for not winning that game, considering we went 2 0 up? Uh, obviously, not because then they equalised when they had 10 men themselves. And I think it was uh, it was Walcott or Sigurdsson who said after the game, you know, it kind of swung it round for them, didn't it? You know, you're a little bit more motivated and you've got 10 men, you've seen that with Everton, and then suddenly it swung round to them, and obviously. You know the atmosphere at that that's the smaller ground and stuff. And the only the only disappointing part of it for me was that as soon as they scored that first goal, everyone knew that we were <laughs> either going to draw or get beat. Like there was not one part of me that thought we'd win this. You know what I mean? We'll hold on to a two-one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think the disappointing thing is it's that kind of like you know I've seen a lot of people online the, the whole Everton that thing and it's it, it is annoying. But now as as we've said there, I think there's a massive opportunity now. You have three home games mm-hmm. on the run, Rotherham. Huddersfield and then is it West Ham mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so what an opportunity it is now to kind of put I think we just okay the the, the it didn't really feel like a defeat in, in the way maybe the 3-3 did at that time when they equalised after Barkley scored but there's a big opportunity now to get yourself into the next round of the Carabao Cup hopefully get a better draw than we did last year after we beat Sunderland and end up getting Chelsea away 
win them two home games and you can look back then and say, you know, we've spent mm-hmm. 90 minutes of football with 10 men. You know, we're unbeaten. You know, if we, even if we get a win and a draw from them, at the very least, you, you're looking at having a really positive start to the season. I just think the decisions and, and whatnot have just have got to be put to bed now and, and hopefully they will come back around because we have... We have had it bad at the start of the season, so should we not be worried though that the, the, the games that we've got that we've played so far and the games coming up, are, you know, as we would say, winnable games, and then after the, the West Ham game, we're, we're going to start playing teams like Arsenal, United, City, teams who we we do struggle against as well as that. You know, four points we've dropped so far already this season, like that could be massive come the end of the season. I don't know. I was, I, I, when once Wolves start progressing, you wonder how many teams are going to take points from Molyneux and Bournemouth traditionally a, a tricky place to go and I think it's just we've been unfortunate last two seasons obviously last season it came at the start and this season it comes kind of you know a little bit into the season but where we kind of play the big teams uh, or the, the teams that finished top six last season kind of in, in, a, in, a, in a grid kind of thing you know it comes quite fast and obviously we have to think of I think it's only Spurs that we play at Goodison in the first half of the season so you know there's a lot to look forward to in terms of you know, your Uniteds and your Chelsea's and the, and the Derby all coming to Goodison in, in the second half of the season, but you've got to play them, haven't you? And I think the advantage we've got is that, OK, it's all ifs and buts, but can we get a good start? Can we beat Huddersfield? Can we beat West Ham? And then you go to these teams and you say, all right, you know, we've got a new manager, we've got Richarlison back, we've got these good players, we've got Bernard, we've got Mina. You know, let's let's go and, and have a go at them. I don't think we've seen an Everton side go away from home and have a go since the Martinez era now, have we? And, and for a club the size of Everton and with the fan base of Everton, I mean, like you could hear them at Bournemouth again at the weekend, like with that travelling support. I think it's been quite embarrassing some of the away showings we've had, isn't it? You know, you look at Tottenham away last season, United away, Arsenal away. You know, it it, it was pathetic, really, and and I think the players had had agree with that. So let's try and get the momentum. Let's try and build on it, and and let's try and and go to places like the Emirates and and, and have a good go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, I appreciate Mark's frustration where he thinks you know. All the decisions are going against us, and obviously we're all Everton fans, so it, it does feel like that. But it just seems nearly virtually every Premier League game at the moment, when it's finished, we're talking about a, a contentious refereeing decision. What what is there a, a problem with the standard of refereeing in this league? I'm not, it sounds really harsh because you know they do a tough job, but you know there's, there's something wrong, isn't there? There's, there's there's been a couple of incidents over the past couple of weeks since the start of the season where you just think, what have what have they been watching? Yeah, some of these decisions are so subjective and as we were saying before, a lot of referees have picked different decisions for the same incident, which is a shame. I think uh, there needs to be some standardisation because even with VAR, which might get introduced, it's still going to be contentious. So uh, there needs to be like clearer rules, I think, because a lot of referees would make different decisions all the time and um, it's just frustrating for, for us because uh, obviously it's been going against us a lot recently, but it's one of them where it needs to be clearer rules because it is very subjective at the moment. A lot of a lot of rules, even within the rules, like the handball rule is still quite subjective. I know they've tried to specify a little bit more, but a lot of it is still quite contentious and different referees will make different decisions in different games. Mark, we were talking about just before we came in there, obviously you've got the Jagielka one where, for me, quite clearly wins the ball, should never have been a red. Then you'd had this on the same weekend, Petr Cech, mm-hmm. um, really bad challenge, unpunished. And then over the weekend, Crystal Palace v Wofford, Sahar, could have been a, a career-ending injury. Like these are all decisions that are just like just not consistent with what what mm. other referees are doing, and that's why I was so angry after Jack Elk's red card. Because remember saying I'll see a hundred players foul this season go unpunished, 
because and, and I just and it's only three weeks in already, and we're already saying about these examples that we're, we're so much worse than Jackie Elka's red cards, and and not, nothing gets done. Um, yeah, there's obviously them examples we've talked about. I see him on the Liverpool game, James Milner, Brighton fella just went right over the top, never touched the ball. Referee's seen it because he's given yellow. And like, so, so that's why I feel hard on by at the moment. And yeah, we have our blue tinted specs on, but I try and sit back and, and, and take them off and look at them as they are. Absolutely, yeah. And I still feel let down. I still feel like we're getting on the, the end of these decisions and, and, and other players aren't. Um, Tom made some really good points there about the referees seeing each referee will see uh, things different and that's only human to get that side of things. VAR will help to a point like the Wolves goal against City, you know, how three people have missed that anyway is a joke, but the VAR would have cleared that up. What worries me even more though is the, the contentious decisions and we've seen it in the World Cup, even with VAR, there's still decisions that were made that were going, how has he made that decision? And it comes back to the lawmakers of the game again, then doesn't it? The rule makers. Are, uh, there's too many grey areas. Hmm. What 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 do they see as a as a bad tackle? What do they see as an over tap tackle? What do they see as a tackle that endangers an opponent? And I think the only way around it now is to actually strip back down, go through all the examples, go th- go through loads of examples over the last 10, 15 years in the Premier League of what were reds, what weren't given, and stuff like that, and start start giving more clarity to to everyone, to fans, to clubs, to players. That this won't be accepted, this will be accepted, etc. Because I don't even think the players know now. I think we're going to go on to the Theo Walcott one, but I remember after the game, he got an interview and he went, I thought it should have been a yellow card. I was surprised to see it. The players don't even know. Mm. So if the players don't know, we don't know. Uh, no, and and that, that's why we're just debating it after the game all the time. The, the, the Newcastle uh, Chelsea game yesterday, the penalty. Was it a pen? Wasn't it a pen? You know, people were arguing about it. it, it it's just taken away from what we should be talking about great goals great bits of skill good defending good attack and we don't talk about it no more we just talk about these ridiculous decisions and, I'm, and it just drives me absolutely crazy um, I did think he won the ball for that Newcastle Chelsea one yeah, to be honest he took, he took the ball and what they're saying is the left what's the, he's going what's the left leg on the follow through and I'm like when you slow it down in slow motion yet the left leg slightly catches him and stuff but he took the ball so people are saying, oh, it was a penalty, and I'm like, it wasn't. He's, he's touched the ball, he's won the ball first, so he clearly, you know, what, what what's a defender meant to do now? Are we just taking tackling out the game? Well, defending's an art, as people say, and yeah. it's all about timing as well, and, you know, there's been a couple of challenges that have been perfectly timed, mm-hmm. that have, you know... Did you see the um, Ipswich one? Ipswich no. against Sheffield on no. Saturday. Seen it on the uh, goals on Sunday, whatever it was. It was, it was, he, he, he was one. The, the two players were running together, and he slid, and he's won the ball, um, a, a bit like Jagielka's, but actually even less than Jagielka. He's just, he's won the ball, and and that's it. And everyone carried on playing. The ref stopped it, and he's given a red card, and everyone's looking at each other, going, Ipswich went on to lose the game two one, and these they're just making massive mistakes and massive decisions that you might think, oh, it's only two points, but at the end of the season, Ipswich might go down by a point, and you know, you know, it's it's. Something's got to change. As I say, I don't know what the answer is. I'd, I'd certainly look at the rule makers to make them a lot more simplified, um, so everybody understands what's moving on going forward. But um, it's as you can tell, Ian, it's driving me absolutely mad <laughs> at the moment. Like so. Yeah, is, is is VAR the answer then, Sam? I don't know. I think sometimes it it seems like it works, and sometimes it just seems like a bit of it. It slows 
my only problem with, with VAR is the look Everton have. You know, it'll work against <laughs> us every single time. Like, yeah. Every penalty we get, it'll get ruled out, and every like half foul or whatever, it'll get given against us. So that's I think my natural pessimism coming into VAR, but it's going to be there obviously on on Wednesday tomorrow. By the time it's yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Carabao Cup listen. against Rotherham. Oh, we got it in the cup, have we? Car- yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, making its Goodison debut, so I'm assuming Rotherham will have four or five pens yeah, off, off, off that. And I just don't like like how slow kind of things is. You know, it's either going to be kind of incorporated with the big screens, maybe a bit like it is in the cricket and kind of made a bit of a spectacle of, or there's got to be a way where you know referees have, have quicker access to the decisions and, and decisions are, are, are made in a little bit more real time, but it's coming, isn't it? I think it's like goal line technology. It's it's going to end up in the game, and and hopefully we 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 benefit off it in a way that you know possibly if it had been there for the Wolves game and maybe even the Bournemouth game that we might have been able to come away with 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 three points because we we wouldn't have got those decisions given against us. Yeah, Tom VAR seemed relatively successful during the World Cup. Um, obviously, there's a lot of times where it was used. Are we or are you? You know, happy that it's in the league cup. Do you need? Do you want to see it? Do you want to see it a lot more? I think it's got to be tested out more because it is too slow at the moment. As we've said, I think it's got to be instantaneous, really. Which is at the moment, it makes a massive drama of each decision because everyone's stopping the game for about two minutes, and it puts massive emphasis on each decision. Because if they if they do end up getting it wrong, then it's it's a massive talking point in the game. It makes even more out of the decisions that actually happens, and obviously slows down the game and that. But I know I've said in previous podcasts about there's four officials, they're all getting paid good money. If they're doing the job all right, then we don't need it, but they're obviously not, so it's something that, that is needed. So it's something that's been introduced. I'm glad it's been introduced in the Cup and not the league yet because it does need some improvements. Um, it added some drama to the World Cup, which, which is interesting, but there's some leagues abroad as well which are using it this season, like La Liga and other, other um, some other people are trying to introduce it already, but I think it does need a little bit more time to maybe be improved a bit and... The, the, the speed of it, speed of decisions, because it's not ready at the moment for me. Mark, just very quickly, because we've been talking for no, 22 minutes and we haven't we haven't even talked about <laughs> Evans' performance yet. Um, VAR, yeah or yeah or no? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's it's. Um, I agree with what Tom's just said. It's in the infancy, isn't it? And um, it, it does need some silent error, and maybe the Carabao Cup are the likes of the. So, they, but you know, we've got a multi-billion-pound industry now, and um, we've got athletes of footballers but you've still got like 40 odd year old grey fat fella referees <laughs> running around trying to catch up it's not right no more so yeah VAR all day and a tightening up of the rules more clarification right right well we'll we'll go to the positives then and Everton's performance um, Sam start with you on this um, the Walcott opener um, what, a, what a great team goal great counter attack turnover um, probably like what four or five passes from when we won the ball back and then it was in the back of the net the type of football that you want to be seeing, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's what we've been missing the last few years. I think everything kind of got like clogged up in the midfield a little bit, and it was, you know, almost a hangover of the kind of like last months or years of the Martinez reign, where it was side to side and, and backwards instead of forwards. And you know, I think Silver said from the off, didn't he? His teams want to get the ball, and we want to move it forward. And you know, I think you can even see in the first few games even a little bit of an improvement in the likes of Schneidlin when he was fit and, and Davis as well, trying to you know use the ball properly and, and, and try and, you know, turn teams round and and that showed, didn't it? You know, if you can get if you can get at teams when they're not set and, and when they're not kind of ready for the attack like like we showed there, then it can happen. You know, it's a hard angle and, and the goalkeeper probably should have should have saved it. But you know, he's a he's a good finisher, Walcott and 
these are the this is the quality that we've kind of paid for now. I think if you can get Tosin, who had another good game without scoring, Walcott, Sigurdsson, Richarlison, Luckman, Bernard, you know, anyone else who's coming off the bench, if you can get them into these positions, they, they'll definitely score goals. And I think the football we've seen so far has been, in every game, there's been a mix of, you know, individual brilliance with, with good team play. And, and again, that was what the Walcott goal was. He, he needed that goal, didn't he, Tom, that Walcott? Because I know he... Um He's been in okay form, but he missed one, didn't he, against Southampton, which he should have scored. Um, so it was a decent, decent finish. Yeah, I thought he'd been a, a little bit peripheral in games before that, and I think uh, after Richarlison got sent off specifically, I think he stepped up a little bit because he had to, obviously, and the attack depended on him and Tosin with uh, Marco Silva not making a real attack and change um, to replace Richarlison. So Walcott did step up, and uh, I thought he took his goal well. It's refreshing to see uh, an Everton team that can counter-attack as quickly as, the, as that as well because we have lacked that pace last season at times. So uh, it's, it's good to see that we've we finally got that working again. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, the, the wingers push forward and get counted as that goes like that, because it's great to see. But, uh, yeah, I thought Walcott did really well when he stepped up when, um, when Richarlison got sent off. So, yeah. Marco, <laughs> did Everton seem to play better with, with 10 men? Is it, is it because we maybe needed to sit back slightly and then, then counter-attack when we had the ball? The, the ball of maybe just slightly a bit more open, maybe a bit more, you know, aggressive thinking that. It's strange how it works, isn't it? Because it's a bit the same as Wolves again, wasn't it? As soon as we went down to 10 men, we sort of stepped up to the plate and looked a better side. You just um, thought you thought it was like the end when Jagielka went off against Wolves? And I, I, and it wasn't. And, and I thought again the same on Saturday. I remember saying at half-time, oh, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd love a point I can't see is hanging on here now. And then we went soon up. Then they went down to 10 men. And then they come back to 2-2. Two, two. So it's football's weird, isn't it, the way it can happen, but I think that transition from us defending to to Walcott scoring was about ten seconds or yeah. something. And we, yeah, like Tom just said, we're not we we're not used to that, are we? So it's clear sign again of what what Silva wants to do: press the ball, get the ball back, and spring and, and get some pace into our attacks. Uh, Walcott for one seems to be thriving on that last couple of games: two goals and an assist in two games, and some very winnable home fixtures coming up. So. Um, Nice chance now to get the likes of Bernard some games. Um, I'm hoping to see Gomez soon because I think, I said it in the first show, I think he's key to the way we can play this season, starting off from deep the playmaker role. Um, so in that respect, loads of positive signs. We've got absolutely no problems with the way we're playing. The defending, yeah, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. that. But um, the way we're playing, our attitude, our tempo, our will to try and get forward and score goals and a bit more quality. Um, in the first two games, he scored six goals and could have scored more. Um, so they're good signs, without, without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> the next big talking point of the game was a, a sending off for Bournemouth, mm-hmm. Adam Smith. Um, Should we get shared on the line? Shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I ask him? Um, yeah, I just I just mentioned this. Um, I, I thought it was a red card, just purely for the fact that it's a, a goal-scoring opportunity and the fact that Walcott was in the exact same position that he scored uh, from moments earlier and I put a tweet out uh, included Alan Shearer and Jermaine Jennison because I, I caught up with Match of the Day on Sunday and I, um, what did I say he said that it wasn't a, a clear goal scoring yeah. opportunity and, and I just said well clear it, clear it is because you know he's uh, he scored from that moments before and uh, Alan Shearer's uh, jumped on my tweet so uh, <laughs> got nothing but respect for Alan Shearer as a footballer um, but you know what are we saying football is a a game of opinions and of whether is. you're whether you're right or wrong, um, 
it is what it is. But yeah, Alan, if you ever want to come on the show, <laughs> um, and, and Alan, she is agent. Don't forget. Uh, yeah, who, Alan, she's also, agent. Who also got involved in a little she bit didn't, of scrap. Work. She didn't take too kindly to a couple of. Uh, <laughs> no. To be honest, I was. She, she I was, swore. Yeah, she did swore me. It's unprofessional, that, isn't it? Some, some unsavoury comments. To be honest, there were some unsavoury comments in there. I'm. Um, I'll be the bigger man. <laughs> I'll be the bigger man. And uh, <laughs> anyway, what, what are we saying on that, Mark? Because um, it, it, you know. The challenge maybe was a bit soft, but mm-hmm. if we're saying certain red, red challenges and red mm-hmm. cards are, or red cards, then surely that one was a red card as well. You made a good point, mate. I actually looked at that and thought, one, um, it, it, when I first looked at it, I thought, one, it's not a clear goal scoring opportunity because he was sort of in a wide position. And two, I think the ref looked at who it was and thought, I'll even it up, yeah, um, get Smith back for what happens in the first half. However, um, it was actually yourself who brought that to my attention where Walcott actually scored from that position five minutes From the exact same position. Um, in, a, in the exact same position. Um, and so therefore you could obviously argue that it was a goal-scoring uh, opportunity. For, for me, it, it doesn't matter whether it comes the run comes in from an angle mm-hmm. or whether it's it's straight ahead. Mm-hmm. He's, he's through on goal. Mm-hmm. There's not one other Bournemouth player mm-hmm. getting back to, to get that ball. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, the referees sent him off whether it was right or wrong people are obviously going to agree and disagree Um, (laughs) a lot of people have jumped on my tweets Um, so I'll come to you this just saying whether you agree or not it's obviously it's absolutely fine Um, just saying that well when David Beckham scored from the halfway line against um, was it Wimbledon sorry all those years ago was that a clear goal scoring opportunity well clearly it wasn't a clear goal scoring (laughs) opportunity because it's from the halfway line Walcott was running ball in front of him mm-hmm. with, a, with Adam Smith running behind him you know probably about 12-13 yards from goal and again I'll repeat it he scored the exact same goal moments before what are your thoughts was it a red card? Yeah I think it was a goal scoring opportunity like we've said like that's subjective even in itself calling it a goal scoring opportunity that is subjective that's not a standardised clear rule really is it that has to be specified even more but I, I, personally I do think it was a goal scoring opportunity that, as you said he scored it minutes earlier so obviously it is mm. obviously he was going to score it was through on goal there was no one else getting back definitely goal scoring opportunity I know Alan Shearer likes to be controversial sometimes because that's his job as well but yeah I do think that was a goal scoring opportunity a red card yeah I mean like I say Alan Shearer's got he's a prof- he's a former professional footballer he knows the game in and out he's got every right to, to voice his opinion um, that's just my opinion Sam very quickly humble pe- Ian Kroll's humble opinion. It is my <laughs> humble opinion, and you know, you know, try to reply on uh, Twitter to people just in a nice, friendly manner. What's he said to you? As he said, he thought it was a yellow. This is what. Uh, so yeah, the and smash your head. <laughs> <in the end. laughs> He's put. Unfortunately, you're wrong. Try asking the PGMOL, which is the Professional Game Match Officials Limited. I think. Um, like, uh, try asking them like we do, and you might not spout off so uh, so much. And enjoy your Monday. What was the hashtag you used as well? Which were quite. That hashtag I used? No, didn't Sheila use a hashtag that was like... I'm not too sure, I'll have to no. check on that. Sheila? Sheila. Oh, Sheila. Sheila. It might have been when he was replying to something else, but I've seen him use it like I did. I thought it might have been to you, but... I'll say I'll s- myself there because he clearly didn't use the hashtag. I don't think he did use the hashtag. I'll say that again because I, th- I feel like I'm off up my words there. He just put, unfortunately, you're wrong. Try asking the PGMOL like we do, and then you might not spout off uh, so readily. Enjoy so your Monday. So, so they were saying their own referees got the decision wrong then. Well, that's that's what I don't get. So yeah, yeah. what? Just what, what did the what was the decision for? Because it was it was last man or prevent like and prevent a clear goal scoring opportunity. 
Well, that's, that, that's again the clarity on the laws, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? A different referee might have seen that difference again. It, it it's just balmy, mate. When you when you've put your evidence on, you've put the two photos on, you've put one of Walcott score and five minutes before, and one exactly where he was balls down, and you couldn't tell the difference in the two photos. So he's clearly gone on to score there. So judging on that. He's denied Walcott that player in that incident. Like if it was Tony Ibbett in that position, mm. he might have gone, "Oh no, that's not a clear opportunity." But it's Walcott. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, so, absolutely. So does yeah. the player Maybe, itself yeah. make make his mind up? Actually, that's Theo Walcott. He's just scored. He's got pace. He's denied Theo Walcott a goal scoring opportunity. How do they see it? How do how do they view it? I don't know. If that's how he's seeing it, I can see why he's given a red card now because. It's Walcott and he's just scored and he's got pace. It, it, again, it, it, it's open to interpretation, but um, again, no, it's, it's, it's different scenarios because if it was like from a like we were breaking from a corner mm-hmm. and Bournemouth had pushed every man up and Walcott got fouled on the halfway line, but he was the last man. Mm-hmm. Again, is is that preventing a clear goal scoring mm-hmm. opportunity? Is is the last man? I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I if he's not there, then Walcott's going to cut in and yeah. go one on one, isn't he? So you'd have to see that. Yet yeah, it is, and yeah, th- I think Sam's right. I think the likes of Shearer and that just love a little. You know, winding people up, don't they? And yeah. playing, playing the devil's advocate cards, and um, but yeah, I think my, my evidence and my point was just the fact that he'd scored the exact same mm-hmm. from the exact same position moments before. So, anyway, we'll forget it, we'll move on. <laughs> You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's talk positive. <laughs> um, Tom, tower and goal from Michael Keane, who unfortunately went off uh, with a really bad injury. Um, it's the sort of thing that we want Michael Keane doing from corners, isn't it? Or free kicks, whatever it was, I can't remember now. Yeah, whether it's him or Yeri Mina when he comes in, because uh, I don't know if he'll keep his place, but yeah, he, he was strong early, early, all the way through the game, which was good to see. I know the two centre-backs weren't the strongest on the ball, which they needed to be, because they did see a lot of the ball, especially in the first half. But in the air, he's, he's obviously very good, so uh, that's one of his strong points, so it's good to see him doing that. But uh, out, of the, out of the two at the end as well, if they uh, clash your heads with Idrissa Gay, I'm surprised Michael Keane came off the way. Absolutely, that. yeah. I was surprised at that myself. I was just like, he's obviously got a strong head. <laughs> 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 yeah. Do you think it was the the, um, the clash of heads, or do you think that maybe the way he landed those as well? Because I know he landed like terribly. I don't know. It might, it might have been that. It might be, yeah. Um, Sam Baines... Uh, penalty clumsy wasn't it just just stupid really wasn't it I think he he, he had a, a strong start to the season Baines as well and, uh, it was not as in Seamus's best day was it I think on the weekend I think they both struggled a little bit and you know I think it just kind of shows now because obviously you've got you've got Dean Lucas Dean on the bench now waiting to to take your place so I think obviously uh, he'll probably start Lucas will start against Rotherham on Wednesday and you know, you don't really know now. What I don't think Silver would drop Baines just because of that, but it, it is a little bit annoying. I think Adam Jones wrote it in his in his match analysis after it that it kind of was a little bit game changing, wasn't mm-hmm. it? You don't give them that first Shift goal, and, yeah, you don't give them that chance, and poor from a defender who knows a lot better and and has been solid since he returned from injury last season. So I think, but the thing about Leighton and Seamus is, you know, that both of them will be just as disappointed as. All of us as fans, I know the two top Evertonians themselves, and hopefully they come back even stronger and just just stop pushing people over in the box lane. Yeah, absolutely. Don't need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark, the, am I right in saying you would rather have Holgate and Zuma 
I've you know built up a partnership over the past couple of games since Jags. Yeah, was, I, um, I ultimately want Meenan and Zuma, yeah. but I wanted I wanted Zuma over Keane, and I still maintain that. I think you know I hope Michael Keane recovers well and stuff like that. But I think it might be a blessing in disguise in a way for Silva, because um, he has to put Zuma in now, and you know hopefully he can cement his place on the side. He's got the he's got the pace. He's got the aerial ability. Um, I know Keane score, but. Uh, he, I just feel nervous with him at centre half. I know he's played better than what he did last season, but that wasn't hard to do that because he was atrocious last season. Is Silva not showing faith in him by? Obviously, he's not going to be able to do that now because yeah. he's going to be on the team. But it's the same with Holgate, isn't mm-hmm. it? Existing players who mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. weren't a hundred percent last mm-hmm. season up to scratch. Yeah. He's working with them. We know how much yeah, he loves yeah. to work with the players yeah. and improve them. Yeah. Just shows you how good of a manager he is. Obviously, that's that's been the case. So why he's been in the team, isn't it? I think he's playing it perfectly. He's saying to everyone who's been here, "Look, you're getting a chance. Yeah. I'm going to we're going to work hard on the training pitch, uh, and you're getting a chance. And I'm going to integrate my new players slowly over a period of time. Um, it's up to them to show me now. But what I've noticed, I mean, the five goals we've conceded so far, we have another world here against us. We have another well worked goal against us. They've been five sloppy goals again, haven't they? Whether we think Jagiel because was a red card or not it was a bad touch to begin with so it's led to that incident um, a, a simple first cross to the far post was nodding at Wolves uh, Danny Ings was standing on his own in the penalty box to, to, to nod him from a corner then on Saturday Bain's mistake and, um, and a free header from a corner again so I'm watching the same mistakes from the same players as last season mm. whether it's the zonal marker or not or whatever it Players aren't attacking the ball, players aren't heading the ball from set pieces, players aren't taking accountability for their men or their actions and stuff. And I'm watching the same players make the same mistakes. And that's why I'm saying now it's time for Digna to come in for Baines, it's time for Zuma to come in for Keane, and eventually it'll be time for Mina to come in for Holgate. And then for me, that's your back four. Yeah. That's your back four, and it's up to them then to obviously keep that. Um, Baines, yeah, being a great servant, but I don't live on sentiments as a fan. I want the best player in that position. We've bought a twenty million pound, twenty-five year old French international left back, um, and I'm still watching thirty-three year old Baines yeah. get caught out. Do you know what I mean? So, I think that's given Silver a decision uh, on Wednesday. Then you will definitely play against Rotherham Money, and then yeah. I think if he plays well, he stays in against Huddersfield as well. Yeah, just to add to a bit of controversy to the how you pronounce Lucas Dinia's name, <laughs> Sam Carroll. You were in a um, you were in a podcast, the Royal Blue Cosba, a podcast with Phil Kirkbride. Uh, through the weekend, he seems to think it is Lucas Dean. No, it's one hundred Dean. Dean himself has said it's Lucas Dean, like Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> or Luca. I think it could even be Luca Dean. Luca yeah, Dean. That, uh, Phil said that Luca Dean. Luca Dean. Is so it really? comes okay. straight from the horse's mouth. It came straight from Luca himself. But Phil said he doesn't mind being called Lucas Dean. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just going to accept it by default because that's what ninety-nine percent. I think it's like when Tosin signed. There was a lot of mystery <laughs> over. Like, I heard some people calling him Jenk to soon. <laughs> Oh my, that might have just been me. <laughs> what was your first pronunciation of his name? Uh, I got I got proper leathered for my one. I I went for like Lucas Dine Dine Lucas Dine. Yeah. I'll my just call him Dixie for my one. Then. <laughs> sound, isn't it? As long as he, if he we scores a couple of goals, he definitely called <laughs> Dixie. If we end up with a statue of him at the park end in, in the future yeah, Bramley Mall park end. Interesting, isn't it? I just thought I'd bring that up anyway as a, <laughs> a side step. Tom, uh, do you agree with Mark in terms of the defensive mistakes? Is it is it that or is it zonal, zonal marking as well? So, oh, the zonal marking. I, th- I know that's come up a lot, but I see it go wrong more than it goes right. I think it's all. It, it's, I, it was a shame to see that Marco Silva was a manager who does zonal marking because I just think it doesn't work. You've got to mark man to man because they just get through the gaps too easily. We've seen that last season when we, when we were doing man to man marking, but. 
just not for us. I think man-to-man marking's got to be the one. And if you lose your man, it's your fault. So then you can pin it down to whose fault it was rather than just people getting through the gaps all the time and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's my opinion on uh, so no marking. But the defence as well, that needs to get sorted out. I think it's frustrating to see a defence like that because we know we've got those players in the ranks. I know they're not fully fit yet, but it's just a matter of time. And every performance we see with that defence just makes me think, what, what could they be in? Because we got those players and they're nearly ready, so it's just frustrating while that defence is still there and the new one's being phased in because it's not our best. Hmm. Um, Sam, it was it was a little bit of bedlam, wasn't it, in the, uh, for the second goal? I mean, it's a, it's a great leap that the, the ball goes onto the bar. Sorry, not the bar, the, the, the post. Um, and then, unluckily for Everton, it just falls to, to Nathan Aki and he just just an easy, uh, an easy chance. What are your thoughts? Just, it was always going to fall to a Bournemouth player with, with our, the way our looks been at the start of the season, hasn't it? So, <laughs> I mean, the header in the first place looked like it was going in, but I thought it was a great header. To be fair, I know you, like you, there's a case for you know winning the ball first as a, as a defender, and you win your individual battles, and you know it's a great header, and like he's got lucky as in it's hit the it's hit the post, but bounced straight straight back in the middle, the danger zone. I think it's just a, a case of whether if Marco wants to do zonal marking, then I think we I'll you know. I'll I'll stand I'll stand by that decision for the next you know it it, it doesn't just happen overnight it just doesn't happen three games into the season if it's a new system it might take a little bit of time and it you know it's already cost us a couple of goals and it might cost us a couple more but you know you just you need to go with it and and see what happens but I definitely think people like Kurt Zuma and and, and definitely Yeri Mina should hopefully tighten us up a little bit in in that department I think as already been said today I like Keane I think everyone wants Keane to succeed you know the club definitely want. Uh, keen to succeed because we paid such a significant amount of money for the services but he's got that like remember towards the end of Tim Howard's Everton career and every time a high ball came into the box your head would just go wouldn't yeah, it you're worried, aren't you? and every time a kind of high ball goes over the top or the player's taking keen on you do just get that little stomach tightening and so it's going to be an interesting an interesting time really for, for Keane and, and to see if he could continue kind of his good early season form but we Set pieces now is definitely going to be an area where the team will be working on. Absolutely, uh, Mark. The, I'm sure this will change when you know the new players come in. You would maybe think stronger um, mindset of players. Um, we talked a couple of times. Um, obviously, it's only three games in, but the vulnerability of Everton seems to have, have gone. But you know, has it now? You know, we've two 0 up. We conceded two goals and like Sam said before when we conceded that first you, you probably thought well we're definitely not going to win this game and we could even go on to lose it is that a concern that, that vulnerability is still there it's still there but it's still the same players isn't yeah. it? I think that's what we're saying it doesn't matter if it's zonal marking or man to man but the same players we're going to make the same mistakes nothing's changing and that's what's happened so far in these three games for me um, better players will make better decisions and, and, and so for me if you put Mina and Zuma in the sense of ah, they were two big athletes, good spring, dominant in the air, whether it's on the mark or on the mark, and we'll be better at defending set plays. That's just that's just natural. Um, yeah, and, and and I think it's a bit of a hangover from the previous seasons with these players, isn't it? That they that they have thrown so many situations away. Seems to be a Bournemouth as well, doesn't it? So we have played Bournemouth, yeah. we just throw things away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I, th- I think it's all in the psyche of a player as well, and it? it's like here we go again. You know, it's we knew going into Bournemouth as well though, that it was going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. We haven't 
we haven't won there have we since they've been in the Premier League the only one in the cup didn't we um, but no we haven't won there in the league and they always produce loads of goals and stuff like that but yeah I just think it's in the Everton mentality at the moment and specifically this group of players that um, they're, they're a little bit mentally weak I think I don't think it's still there they're getting better um, and, and I think obviously with Silver at the helm he's obviously going to be working on that over a long term uh, periods of, of time to, to, to rectify that and make sure that we can defend these situations properly um, but at the moment yeah I'd still say it's a concern I think we're uh, as unlucky as we have been and the refereeing decisions so far I think we've, we've got a little bit lucky with the little fixtures I think it's allowing us to sort of better couple yeah, yeah. still pick up points along the way and so we've got three home games now that I'd be really disappointed if we don't win all three I don't want two wins and a draw or whatever I want three wins yeah we should be beating Rotherham and Huddersfield and we've got a good record at home against West Ham yeah. get to that and by that time then when by the we've time had a terrible start Arsenal, exactly and by the time we go to Arsenal and Richarlison's back you think Gomez is back you think Mean is in and so you know hopefully we've got a bit of momentum going into these fixtures with uh, with the new signings um, taking up the mantle and of, of of the likes of Keane and Baines and whatever. So, yeah. so yeah, also I'm still positive. So, you know, as much as I've moaned today, it's uh, <laughs> I'm still positive of how, how we're doing. Like we've all moaned today. <laughs> look, at, look, moaned. At, look at Evertonian Paul Wheelock here in his in his bank holiday <laughs> best. <laughs> um, Tom, so Silver said before that um, before the game that he's got three captains: Jagielka, Coleman, and Baines. Jagielka was the captain against Wolves he was sent off he then gave the captaincy to the Leighton Baines uh, sorry he gave the captaincy to Seamus Coleman but then I don't know whether it was strange or what but strangely enough he, he then gave it to, to Leighton Baines is that the way forward at the moment swapping and changing the captaincy I was surprised by that because I think if you're going to have a captain you've got to have a captain you can't have three obviously because the captain's armband is you can only give it to one player and I think to give it to Baines as well when he's in my opinion, he's being phased out at the moment. So I'm, I'm not sure if Dean will come in soon, but I, I just think, why would you give it to him when he's he's placing the team as under threat and you've got to give it to someone secure? Even uh, the choice of Jagielka, I thought, I sh- he shouldn't be stripped of his cup captaincy completely, but there's a case for Jordan Pickford there somewhere as well, surely, because I think he commands his defence well and he could he could be an Everton captain in the future. So I think there's a case for him there as well. And Jagielka won't get back in the team now. So I think that's a waste of one of them. But to choose three and swap between them is a bit strange because... I've not seen that done before, but I mean, you can have the you know the club captain who then may be injured or suspended, and you can have someone else comes in. But Sam, for me, it, it it was a bit of a weird one. And is it a coincidence that Seamus Coleman didn't have his his best game on Saturday? No, I think I think that'd be stretching it a little bit too far. Obviously, Silver explained in the week, didn't he, that it was Coleman's two hundredth Premier League appearance for Everton, and and that was one of the reasons why he had it. I mean, as as you mentioned, Arsenal have got like five captains and and stuff like that, but there's there's no harm. I think we spoke about it, didn't we, in the in the last Royal Blue. There's no harm in having as many leaders on the pitch as possible. In a dream world, you'd have 11 leaders on the pitch. You know, Everton don't have that. Obviously, I don't think any team in the in the world do. Uh, for me, like I think 99.99% of Evertonians would, if Jags isn't playing, would prefer Coleman to be the captain. But it's just one of those things. I think that the armband at the end of the day is only a, a piece of fabric that goes round your arm and I think you see Pickford being a leader on the pitch you still see Coleman being a leader on the pitch even when he's not the captain and, and hopefully you know that rubs off on you know Davis got the armband for a little bit in pre-season the last few minutes of one of the games and hopefully it rubs off on, on, on people like that because one of the things that someone like Mason Holgate coming into the team is going to have to grow into is that kind of vocal leader centre half that, that, that you need to be so 
Yeah, I think it's it, it's only a good thing. I, I personally think that Jordan Pickford probably long, long term would be the next future Everton captain, really, because, you know, oh, oh, Coleman first and then Pickford kind of going on to the future, which I'd be quite pleased with. Mark, do you agree? Are you going to be happy to see Everton's captain's armbands uh, swapped around the, 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 the next couple of uh, months? It's a weird one, isn't it? Um, it's better than Ashley Williams, though, isn't it? Whoever's the captain. Yeah, I'd be better than Ashley Williams. <laughs> I'm more worried about Coleman's form than, than captain. Now, that's, I mean, he sat here before or after the Wolves game saying that obviously Coleman's a shoe in, but I don't think he started well at all. I don't know what's up with him talking to the lads about it, saying I just hope it's a temporary dip in form rather than anything. But these three games, I don't think he's been very good at all. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping he picks the mantle up soon. Does he just set um, high standards though? Is that just because of what we expect? Do we expect him to go on to be? Potentially, yeah. I just hope that he gets back into that run of things and maybe he's just he's just working his way up to full fitness. I don't know. Um, as regards to the captain with him, yeah, I think he's the obvious choice at the moment. Like like Tom said, Baines is being phased out. So to, to give him the arm on Saturday was a little bit strange for me. Won't start knocking Silver's decisions just yet. Like, um, but Let's just pile into Silver. What do we yeah. hate about him, boys? <laughs> Silver out. Um, <laughs> Alan Sheeran uh, in. <laughs> it was a bit strange on Saturday, yeah. Um, but... Going to what you were saying, Sam, before about Everton's luck, you just 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 watch Zuma or Holgate get injured on Rotherham and well, then Jags us back in on Saturday. This, is, this, full circle. this is what I was going to say. We started off the season with probably our strongest defensive setup, like four players. I know Mina came in injured, but we're already down to, to <laughs> yeah, two. There's only two. <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know. If when's Jags back? Well, he'll be back on Saturday, so if anything happens to Zoom or Holgate on Wednesday, then Jags is going to walk straight back in again. Oh, there you go. That, um, is, just, that is just Everton's luck, isn't it? just Everton all over. But, um, yeah, Pickford's not a bad um, shout long-term. Yeah. I don't think just yet, but I think long-term, if, he, if, if, if he's around for that long, he's, he's definitely captain material, isn't he? Because he's a bit nuts, isn't he? He's constantly shouting and screaming at them, and he certainly wouldn't let them rest on the laurels. Um, I think next year, I said it again, there's so many players out of contact Jags, Baines, Williams people like that wouldn't surprise me if we go and buy a captain type player next summer mm. whether that's a centre half or a centre mid someone who will come straight into the side command respect I don't know who that player is um, but someone who could potentially come into the side and just you know take that team onto the next level again and um, yeah that could be one to watch next summer I think Cool uh, Tom very quickly because we haven't even talked about Rotherham we haven't even previewed that uh the Carabao Cup game, yeah. Um, Richarlison sending off has now given um, Lukeman maybe an opportunity. Um, mm. Is he going to... Does he... Well, should he start on, uh, on Wednesday night? Um, I think he's kept him out of the squad at the moment because of his attitude. I don't think he's looking like he wants to stay at Everton, which is a shame. He looks like he does want to go. Um, there was a report last week saying that Everton have named the price, which is like 28 mil plus add-ons, and Leipzig's last, last offer, I think, was 25 plus add-ons, so we're getting closer. And I think he will go in the end, which is a shame. But I think he'll go before the end of August. I do, yeah. I think, he, I think um, they'll match at the end of the window. I think Leipzig will come in, they'll match the offer, and he, he'll be off. But uh, it's a shame, really. But I think hopefully Bernard will come in in that role instead of uh, Luckman, because I think he'll, he will stay out of the squad. Um, if he doesn't go, then at least to the end of August, he's out of the squad now, while his head's all over the place. But I'd like to see Bernard come in for. So is it uh, Sam? Sorry, is it is it not important now? What's happened to Richarlison? Three games out that we we keep Lukeman at least until until January. It's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Because I just think that I mean assumptions get made by people seeing him warm up on the sidelines and stuff like that. But I think it is quite clear that he doesn't want to be at Everton, isn't it? And he prefer to be at at Leipzig. So 
you know, do we keep a player who's unhappy? Do we try and, you know, now shoehorn him into the team now in Richarlison's absence to, to try and keep him happy? And, and will we get the best out of a player who doesn't want to be here? And I think it's a hard one to answer when you don't know the full ins and outs of the situation and you don't speak to him every day. And I think the only people who know the answers to that question is Adam Oler and Marco Silva and, and, and the, the, the people in, in between the, the club. So... I'd personally like to see him stay and, and flourish at Everton and, and, and hopefully that'd be the case. But if not, I still think it can go either way. I don't think we've necessarily seen anything that says he's definitely going to be a superstar. You know, there's definitely a talent in there, but every single footballer in the world, I think as we've seen with Cristiano Ronaldo this summer, has, has got a price. And if, if someone comes in and says, here's 30 million for a lad who scored one Premier League goal, you'd have to consider it, wouldn't you? I still think there's enough kind of there then to, to replace that you know and 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 kind of move on and then you know you can you can strengthen in other ways and for me it's just a 50 50 i think he could stay and be brilliant at everton he could go and be brilliant at leipzig or he could struggle at, he's only he's a young lad with a whole career in front of him there's going to be ups and downs and it's sad that an obvious talent has been mismanaged into the position where he thinks that the bundesliga and leipzig is a better option than everton but we can only see how it goes and I think if we sell him, it'll be quite clear, won't it, that Silver and Brands have said right, his attitude's not right, and and we do we, this is something that has to happen. I don't think Everton are in a, a position where we'd ever be kind of like financially enticed, but if he stays, you'd like to think that they've been able to talk him into into wanting to be in and buying into what they're trying to achieve. Mark, very quickly, um, you've wanted Lukman to stay um, all along. Has your mind changed at all? It's changed loads over the last few days, mate. Um, the Leipzig's strange, isn't it? Why Leipzig? Why is he so obsessed with Leipzig? Crazy. He went there for 14 games and only started seven of them. So mm. it's like it's not like he, you know, I, I don't get the obsession with him with Leipzig. Seen the he's got no ties to Everton, has he? It's not like a Ross Barkley where he's supported them as, as Everton as a kid or no, anything like Red that. Red Bull Leipzig, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't Considered one of the top teams in Germany. Now, obviously, they're offering, maybe offering them certain things that, you know. He put something on social media yesterday when Leipzig scored, didn't he? Did he? And soon took it down because they got battered 4 1. <laughs> he might just want to live in Germany. Yeah, I think with this little Richarlison thing now, I think one of your uh, writers had actually put a good uh, report in saying, does this mean Luckman stays now? And, and it might do, it might just say to him, look, I'm going to play it against Rotherham on Wednesday. Go out and, 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 and play your game, score a goal, get the car back on your side, and there's a place for you in the squad. Because we've once Richarlison and Walcott are out, who, who, who are the wide men? Hmm. Bernard can play left floor, fair enough, but we haven't seen much of him yet. Sanzo, I can see Sanzo gone before that. So we're mm. a little bit lightened, especially with letting Morales and Vlasic and Balassi and that go. Um, Sanzo was like, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, I just thought that this, I've I finally worked up the co- courage to reveal this, but when we signed Sanzo last year, I was in Vegas with my mate, and I remember being absolutely smashed at the pool party, and someone <laughs> told me that we'd signed Sanzo, and there was seven of us, five reds, me and my mate with, with the two Evertonians there, and I took my mate to one side and I just said, lads, I wouldn't say in front of them, but we're going to win the league this season. <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite sad that we're sat here a year later, and if he goes or stays, I just don't care either way. I, I think he's got one this way. I think he'll get a long move back to Spain only. Um, and Kieran Zahl possibly another one who I think will develop later into the season. I think we'll see more of him after, after much work on the training ground. So on a fo- for a football reason, Ian, I'd say keep Luckman, make him, make him work hard, make him understand that. Look, if there's a role here for you, on the business side of things, like you said, thirty million pound for a player who scored one goal and has got a bad attitude at the moment. Um, so 
I don't know what's going to happen before Friday. I really don't know what they're going to do. Surely as well, if he does come back in and settles down, because he's got nowhere to go at least till January, mm-hmm. um, and he scores, plays well, he's going to... His There's price might go squad, up, but his it? price might go up, yeah. surely. And, 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 the, and the frustrating thing about it all now, I, I get why he was so upset with Sam Allardyce and that, because they just froze him out and didn't want to know him. But the most frustrating thing at the moment is you can see the role in the squad for him. He's going to be cover for Walcott or Richarlison and he's going to get games. Already we're seeing Richarlison yeah. suspended. He'd come straight back in now for three games at least. And if he plays well, Silver Saints, the players, it's yours to lose that place, you know what I mean? So if you're playing well, it doesn't matter who it is. So my frustrating thing with him at the moment is that there's, there's a role there for you in the squad and you're just completely sulking and overlooking it um, to try and engineer a move to to a team that no one's really bothered about are you bothered about RB Leipzig so I think as you're saying as well isn't it is that finally I think for the first time how old are you yeah 20 20 so even younger than me (laughs) that you know for for us two growing up I've never known Everton to have a squad where you think you know what we could have a go at League Cup FA Cup Mm -hmm. and have a good season in the Premier you know we've got enough backup now as you're you know even the players you've just listed there you know even Keaton Dahl and Bernard Luchman these the kind of play Nias these are the kind of players we've got on the bench. Now, you, as you're saying, everyone's going to get games mm-hmm. from the centre-halves that we've got to the midfielders, to the wingers, uh, Nias, Calvert-Lewin. Everyone's going to play the part. And hopefully, you know, this could be a season where we could say, you know, we've got the squad to have a go in the League Cup, have a go in the FA Cup. You know, let's stop getting knocked out early on. Let's have a mm-hmm. good go to try and get back to Wembley and, and at the same time get ourselves back into back into Europe and... You know, that, that, that's what you want to see, really, isn't it? And, and, and Luckman is, as you're saying, crucial to that. And I think maybe you, you're always kind of wary in situations like this about kind of what the, the people, the advisors and stuff are telling them, but it almost seems like he's having the, the wrong messages given to him because he will be looked after Everton. and he's loved by the Everton fans. And even with everything that's happened, he got such a good reception when he came on against Valencia and, and, and the fans mm-hmm. obviously really respect him and, and, and know... Yeah, Everton fans aren't stupid. They know a talent when they see one, and they'll give him a chance to shine here. Yeah. I think the overall feeling if we sell him, if you watch Twitter, everyone will be on, oh, good, get rid, bad attitude, good, blah, good blah, business. Blah. And I stuff. think deep down, I'll be a little bit good. I'd like to see a, a player of that potential yeah. go. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Friday night, isn't it? The, the deadline for you. Yeah, yeah. So we'll soon find out. Like, but I, I genuinely don't know what Everton are going to do. Silver's maintained for weeks now, only that he's our player and wants to keep him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we're, we're almost at the time. I, I said to you guys before this that we keep it a short one. Um, it's nearly been an hour, so that's how much we've talked about Everton. Um, so I appreciate Cole your time. Just shut up, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your time coming in on a, a bank holiday as well. Um, Tom Rotherham, um, Wednesday night, Carabao Cup. I'm not even going to ask the question whether we should be taking this seriously <laughs> because, of course, we should be taking this seriously. Just uh, give us your predictions. Go three or four nil. Why not? Three or four nil. Yeah. yeah. Sam, what a jinx! What a jinx! <laughs> I'll say 2-1. Yeah. We're going to concede? Oh, we'll definitely concede. Yeah. Concede from a corner. <laughs> concede from a pen that's not a pen. And yeah. pick get sent pen. off. VAR pen for Rotherham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not too bad with my predictions so far. Because I, I got the Southampton game. I said 2-1. But I said Danny Ings would score as well. And it then I said 2-2 two, two last week as well. I know you guys went we, we on a pod, but it was 2-2 uh, two, two, two last week, I said. So, Mark, are we, uh, we're conceding. Um, yeah, 3-1. Three, three, I think it'll be a comfortable win, but we'll, we'll, we'll 100%. Remember we said this, 100% concede a controversial goal yeah. via VAR. Just just want that noted. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that the contentious decision for VAR is going to last about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. And it's going to go on yeah. and on, and we're going to get home late. It's yeah. going to be one of them, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Um, we're back um, on Thursday where we'll talk about the Rotherham game and we'll look forward to the Huddersfield game. Unless Alan, Alan Shearer takes you out before that. Unless Alan Shearer... I'm, I'm on hosting duties. Wants to co- <laughs> unless he wants to come on the podcast and you know, we can discuss. You've, you've, you've opened up that invitation now, Colin. You, you, you're the bigger man. <laughs> can I have you for backup and just in case you... <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think between us we could do... <laughs> wow! <laughs> Fighting talk to end. Sam t-shirt a bit apt for today. Isn't it? But, but is that why you wore it? Me, me, Beavis and Butthead t shirt <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> right, brilliant. Uh, appreciate you listening, and guys, thanks, thanks for coming in. Cheers, nice one. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.